Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why we're less likely to remember things we've given to friends than strangers and why the Amazon rainforest feeds on millions of tons of dust from the Sahara Desert. We'll also answer a listener question about how wild animals know how to eat a healthy diet. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When's the last time you helped a friend? If you can't remember, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad friend. New research suggests that we are less likely to remember the things we've given to friends than strangers. And that forgetfulness actually says good things about our friendship. This paper comes from researchers at the University of Cologne in Germany who find that the closer we are to friends, the worse our memory is for how much we've given them. So we might end up doing more for our close friends than we would for acquaintances. And sure, that seems pretty intuitive, but the research suggests it's about more than just our love of our friends. Our brains may actually blur the boundaries between ourselves and our BFFs. Helping them may feel more like helping ourselves. For the studies, researchers had people play something called the trust game that gave people some amount of a theoretical resource, like pizza or Bitcoin, and asked how much they would give to another hypothetical player. The assumption was that the player would give some portion back to them later. In the first study, people named the person they were closest to and played the trust game, imagining that it was with that person. Afterward, players had to recall how much of each resource they had given in all eight rounds of the game. People who saw themselves as most separate from others in a previous survey had better memories of how much they had given away. In the next studies, researchers asked people to give resources to either their best friend or someone they had only met once. They found that people had significantly worse memories of how much they had shared with their closest friends than with strangers. Previous studies have indicated that our personal boundaries become fuzzy in close relationships, but this study suggests that being close to people could actually make our memories of our decisions worse. But don't be alarmed. Like I said before, the researchers say this could actually be a good thing. Giving resources away is costly. When we give away food or time or Bitcoin to other people, we lose those things for ourselves. But if the line between the self and others is blurred, it could be easier for people to give things away. And selfless gifts to people in our communities have a positive impact on those communities and, by extension, on ourselves. So, don't fear your fuzzy friend memory. It's a good thing. We got a voicemail from Jason in Port Ewan, New York. Jason was listening to the Ursonology episode of Ologies, hey Ologies, when he heard the guest mention that bears only eat certain parts of the salmon in order to get them fatter for hibernation. And that inspired a question for us. So I'm wondering if bears can detect that sort of thing and know which parts of animals and things to eat to best nurture themselves. Why is it that human beings don't know any of that and have to be told what they can and can't eat. Do human beings have any sort of built-in radar, for lack of a better word, to know what the proper things are to eat? And if so, why are they eating McDonald's? Okay, so first of all, it is true that animals do seem to know what to eat to stay healthy. 
Studies have shown that when you give a variety of foods to an animal, whether they're wild or domesticated, they tend to eat them in a combination that provides the best nutritional profile. And back in the 1920s, a pediatrician named Clara Marie Davis actually tried this same experiment with newly weaned infants. She gave them a choice of 33 different types of foods and let them decide which ones to eat. They ended up choosing the combination of foods that left them well-nourished and healthy at the end of the several-year study. So how do animals and babies know something that adult humans seem to struggle with? Well, according to Fred Provenza, a professor of behavioral ecology at the University of Utah, it comes down to taste. The flavors of different foods tell animals things about their nutrition, and their bodies ensure they get what they need by craving different flavors at different times. The same may have been going on with the infants in that 1920s study. But the key in both of these cases is that all of the foods available are what most would consider healthy. So why can't adult humans trust our tastes? According to Provenza, two things have happened over time to mess with this flavor feedback system. One is that commercially available foods have been designed to hijack that system and make their flavors irresistible. The other is that commercial agriculture has bred fruits and vegetables to make them grow bigger and bruise less in shipment without as much focus on flavor. As a result, fruits and vegetables taste worse and worse as so-called junk food tastes better and better. The good news is that you can retrain your brain to crave healthy food. In a 2014 study, Tufts University researchers put people on a healthy diet for six months, then scanned their brains. In the end, the reward centers of their brains showed more sensitivity to healthy, low-calorie foods than a control group that hadn't changed their diets. It's possible. You just need to surround yourself with healthy food and stay away from the drive-thru. Thanks for your question, Jason. If you have a question, send us an email or a voice recording to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail like Jason did at 312-596-5208. How does rainfall in the Sahara Desert affect plant life in the Amazon? The answer is a whole lot, actually. This is a great reminder that Earth is full of surprising connections. So let's get into it. In this case, it's all about dust. You might be surprised to hear that wind carries a massive amount of stuff from the Sahara Desert in northern Africa across the Atlantic Ocean and over the Caribbean and South America. Researchers are using satellites designed to spy on clouds and airborne particles to learn more about this brownish superhighway in the sky. I mean, this is a lot of dust. According to research from 2015, winds pick up more than 180 million tons of it from the Sahara each year. If humans wanted to move that much dust, they would have to use nearly 700,000 semi-trucks. Now, dust is not the most glamorous of substances, but this dust is sort of special. That's because a lot of it comes from an ancient lake bed in Chad called the Bodelli Depression. We call this stuff dust, but it's really billions upon billions of dead microorganisms that lived in the lake a long time ago. Their mineralized little bodies are chock full of phosphorus. As any gardening enthusiast knows, phosphorus is an important nutrient that plants need to flourish. And as it happens, phosphorus is in short supply in the Amazon 
because rain washes away tons and tons of it every year. Now, not all of the dust that leaves the Sahara makes it to the Amazon. Satellite data shows that about 50 million tons falls into the Atlantic on its way over. Some of it overshoots the Amazon, and some of it just heads in a different direction altogether. But in the end, an average of about 30 million tons makes the complete trip from the world's largest desert to the world's largest tropical rainforest. That's about 100,000 semi-trucks worth. Now, that's an average. The researchers behind the 2015 study found a lot of variation from year to year. They're not sure what causes that change, but there was a strong correlation between the amount of dust moving through the atmosphere one year and the amount of rain that had fallen the year before in the Sahel, a long stretch of semi-arid land that sits just below the Sahara. Researchers have a lot to learn about this tremendous transfer of matter across the Earth's surface, but one thing is for sure. This planet is not a simple place, and nothing exists on its own. Before we recap what we learned today, here's Ashley with a sneak preview, like a movie trailer, of some of the stuff you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, <laughs> you'll learn about how stress can make a pregnant person twice as likely to have a girl, why invasive species aren't always harmful, how scientists are making better solar panels using human hair, the surprising emotional benefits of resolving an argument, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that you're less likely to remember the things you've given to friends than to strangers. And that might be in part because our brains blur the boundaries between ourselves and the people closest to us. Basically, helping them might feel like we're helping ourselves. And that's a good thing because helping people in our communities leaves a positive impact on those communities, which we live in, so everyone wins. We also learned that wild animals and even human infants know the healthiest food to eat because they're in tune with how they taste. We adults lose that ability as we get older because commercially available foods have hacked our systems. But if you eat a healthy diet for six months, your brain could retrain itself to become more sensitive to healthy foods. Bon appetit. And see, Ashley, I see this in my baby. He knows the healthiest foods in our house are Legos and my wife's big toe. <laughs> I mean, the wisdom of babes. <laughs> Is that what they say? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I got to meet him the other day. He was very interested in the potato chips on the table. He, <laughs> he would take these big handfuls of them and just put them in his face and none of them would land. Like they would all just fall on the ground. Not a single potato chip made it into the mouth. It was pretty adorable. Also, I watched him chase the Roomba. That was honestly top 10 experiences of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's an off-brand robot vacuum. It's not technically a Roomba. We're not that fancy. The Roomba-like robot. But yes, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast, but if you can afford a very cheap robot vacuum, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to work well. It's the best babysitter I could ever pay for because you just turn that sucker on and my baby will chase it for hours. It's great. It was delightful to watch. Good. And we learned that the wind carries more than 180 million tons of dust from the Sahara each year. That dust is full of billions of dead microorganisms. And their mineralized bodies are full of phosphorus. 
That's a nutrient that plants love, but rain washes away millions of tons of it in the Amazon rainforest each year, which is why the Amazon makes plenty of use of that Saharan dust that ends up right there. The dust must flow, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the sand ever shapes itself into the face of Mufasa. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a literal circle of life for sure. Today's writers were Kelsey Donk and Grant Curran. Our managing editor is Ashley Hemer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Have a great weekend and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes as we pass before your ears on curiosity daily like dust in the wind. Do you know that song? I, I think dust in the wind. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.